Welcome to this special edition of Pop Health Week, recorded live in the Healthcare Now Radio studio at HIMSS 2021 in Las Vegas. Pop Health Week is brought to you by Health Innovation Media. Health Innovation Media brings your brand narrative alive via original or value-added digitally curated content for omni-channel distribution and engagement. Connect with us at www.popupstudio.productions. Welcome, everyone. I'm Greg Masters, Managing Director of Health Innovation Media and the producer co-host of Pop Health Week. Joining me in Healthcare Now Radio studio is my partner, colleague, and lead co-host, Fred Goldstein, President of Accountable Health, LLC. So, Fred, with that introduction, over to you. Who do we have on deck for today's HIMSS 2021 Special Edition? Thanks so much, Greg. Our guest this week is Vic Krishnan, the General Manager of Intrato's Digital Workflows. So, Vic, welcome to Pop Health Week. It's a pleasure to be here, Fred. Yeah, why don't we start, why don't you give us a little bit of your background and then a little bit of an introduction into Intrato. Sure. I've been in the digital health space for about 20 years. I currently manage Intrato Digital Workflows. Digital Workflows manages and automates mass inbound and outbound engagement workflows uh, for healthcare education and utilities customers. In the healthcare space, we serve about 14,000 healthcare institutions. Those range from large health systems to large hospitals to regional hospitals, and ultimately at the tail end of that, uh, healthcare clinics. Uh, we're the market share leader for patient engagement. That's a, a, a fantastic space. I love patient engagement. Obviously, that's sort of the key to getting everything solved we're trying to do in healthcare today. So, when you say patient engagement, what do you mean by that, and how are you doing it? Absolutely. So, there's three words I really want to deliver to the audience here platform, automation, integration. So we solve patient engagement through a platform approach. Uh, I think it's historically been very common for hospitals to think about engagement through simple workflows like appointment reminders and maybe broadcast. We've moved well beyond that and so are our customers. We think about a platform approach in terms of uh, two-way automation of engagement through a variety of workflows. It could be appointments, could be referrals, it could be recalls for annual wellness visits, it could be automating intake of information before a visit, solving for bad prep, and so forth. So the whole continuum of every way a hospital or a health system would need to engage a patient and the type of engagement a patient would want with their provider. That's how we think about it. And when, you know, when I think about this, there are obviously so many areas you can impact. And then COVID had a little bit of an impact on our ability to communicate with patients. So just sort of initially, could you talk about how maybe it got used a little bit differently or some ideas around COVID with that? Absolutely. So there was last year and then there was the first half of this year. So two very different times in COVID. And now we're probably in a third phase of, uh, of COVID, although maybe technically the fifth wave. Last year, what you saw was a shift toward telehealth and remote uh, interactions and visits, and obviously a a mass reduction in in, in, in in-person provider interactions. So when that happened, there needed to be less appointment reminders, but more communication about what to expect uh, between a provider and their community, uh, more reminders about telehealth visits, more instructions being delivered about how uh, a woman who's pregnant, for example, should be thinking about her own care when she's not visiting your provider in person as much. What we saw in the first half of this year, uh, when COVID was spiking, but so were uh, vaccinations, was an over-communication about the specific, when I say over-communication, it was appropriate, but a lot of communication about the specific logistics about how to visit a hospital. So our platform was used, for example, to instruct a patient to uh, obviously come to their appointment, but then wait in the parking lot for this time, 
five minute reminder to walk in, put your mask on, come in. So a lot of SMS-based communications, specifically instructing a patient about how to navigate, I mean, literally physically into the hospital and out, uh, you know, while we were going through that February, March, April spike. There was a period of normalcy after that, and then now we're hitting, a, you know, I would say a third phase. Um, and our, actually many of our providers are asking for help again in terms of how to drive vaccination rates among that resistant portion of the population who remains unvaccinated, uh, and ultimately how to communicate with the community when ERs are filling up again, unfortunately, and you know, what, what do we need to be telling our patient community? So it's a, it's a third phase, and we're working with our customers to understand and support. Yeah, I love that idea of the parking lot one because that really suddenly goes beyond it. And you're suddenly doing a patient safety thing with your platform because you're not having people sitting in the exam room, et cetera. So it's a great way to kind of stage it, make it more efficient, but also safer at the same time. Absolutely. And it's not just messaging where you should be and when. Concepts like curbside check-in, automating the intake virtually so you don't have to show up to the front office of the hospital, fill out a bunch of forms you know, with a bunch of other people around. So really making all of that virtual, those were all workflows we worked on for our customers during what I would call the first half of this year phase of COVID. Yeah, I think about this. I, I worked in the dinosaur age of SMS text messaging when it was first coming out. But the workflows you can create that I've seen your system do are really fascinating, whether it's around annual wellness visit, et cetera. Talk a little about it, some of that. Yeah, so I'll actually move to the second word in that uh, three-word uh, <laughs> mechanism I had, automation, right? So it's very important for these workflows not to be manually operated by hospital staff, but to essentially code the algorithm, have that automatically running. So for example, let's think about how we solve for bad prep. So our solution, House Calls Pro, is in real time scanning through a hospital's EHR database. It knows when patients are scheduled for a colonoscopy. It instructs them automatically. So this is not the hospital contact center or staff calling the patient, informing them of what they need to do. Our system is doing that automatically. It's also flagging those patients who uh, have reported that they ate a meal that morning, right? And we prevent that patient from coming in, we can refill that appointment. But what happens is a typical hospital will lose millions of dollars a year on bad prep because a patient shows up, they're supposed to have a cardiac exam, but they drink coffee, they can't have it. That healthcare capacity is also lost to the entire community. It's limited and it can't be filled once you discover when the patient presents that they're not suitable for that exam. So that's the automation piece of it. The last piece I would say is uh, intelligence, right? So it's really uh, an algorithmic approach to uh, understanding when a patient should be reached out, what they should hear, and when that should happen, right? So it's making sure right message, right patient, right time. Fourth piece as well, actually collecting their response and responding back to them accordingly. So in that workflow, as I saw, they can build off the responses to fire or trigger another event. Absolutely. So when you think about a post-discharge workflow that we uh, serve to our providers, we can ask a patient, uh, and, and I'm oversimplifying here, are you well or are you not well, after somebody had a surgery. If they say, well, I am having some issues, we can actually conversationally, through SMS, record how they're feeling. They may say, my surgical site is burning, I have a fever. Based on what they're saying, we have natural language processing that's understanding that, feeding that back into the EHR, into the care team, we can also suggest that patient call 911. If it's of moderate seriousness, we can immediately link them to, through a feature we have called Live Connect, right to the hospital contact center, get them talking to somebody. But make sure that that engagement, that, that which started through a simple SMS, is closed loop 
and it terminates appropriately for the patient so that the outcome is, uh, is uh, uh, as well as we, the prod we want to drive. And you, you mentioned natural language processing. So you take both SMS and you can do IVR, is that correct? Absolutely, so we're omnichannel. Uh, SMS tends to be the modality through which most patients want to be engaged. 90% of patients say they want their workflow solved through SMS. 70% say they want generally more communications through SMS. Some patients will prefer voice and we can automate those same workflows with the same algorithms through voice. We use email as well. That's a little less two-way, a little less interactive. But if that's what a patient prefers, we can do that. I mean, you walk around, you see everybody sitting there texting. Anyhow, we all respond to text. That's what everyone's looking for. And I know I've watched even in my own care how the providers have shifted towards a more text-based approach to me and the responses I have to do. What are some of the key things you're seeing the healthcare systems move to now around SMS texting? Are there areas they're really focused on? So at a high level, what providers are focused on is uh, community wellness benefit, but also financial ROI, right? So what is a provider thinking about? It's maximizing patient volumes, which also maximizes their revenue. It's minimizing their operational burden. So essentially the cost that staff or contact center bear through manual work. And it is ultimately delighting the patient. If you do those three things right, you'll have impacted in a positive way community wellness if you're a Victor hospital serving a community. So there's a variety of workflows that I could list that help solve those things. But how do you delight a patient? How do you reduce operational burden? How do you maximize patient volumes? It's by letting patients do what I as a consumer would want to do in banking or in airlines. I don't want to call my airline. I don't want to call my bank to solve anything. I want to be able to use my thumb and my mobile and solve those workflows. I'll be delighted. I'm more likely to do what my bank wants, what my airline wants. Same thing in healthcare. It's, it's almost a consumer-based approach. If you can automate these workflows in a way that's minimally intrusive to the patient and easy to solve, any provider can achieve those three outcomes. Yeah, it was interesting. I saw one of the examples, obviously, where you could say, hey, we need to schedule for you, uh, you for an appointment, but we need to talk to you. Please call us between X and Y in that text message. And I guess all they had to do was click on that message itself, and it fired back the call when they were ready to do it. Yeah, so let's just think about uh, an appointment reminder, uh, what our platform, House Calls Pro, does. When we remind a patient about appointment, we give them three options, confirm, cancel, and reschedule. That's a little unique among other players out there. The patient says, I want to reschedule. We will immediately present them with other options. The patient can even say conversationally, next month would be better. This Friday would be better. We're reading that. We're scanning the EHR in real time and giving them options. So that patient is not lost. But I don't want to ask the patient, and no provider would want to ask the patient to have to call the contact center to solve that problem. However, if it is an emergency, based on what they're saying, it may require an immediate transfer to uh, the care team, to the contact center. What, however that workflow should be solved, we use the intelligence, the last piece of that, uh, that terminology I mentioned, to solve that workflow. And you mentioned being linked into e these EHRs and EHMRs. Examples of some of those that you're uh, integrated with? Yeah, so we have real-time integration into Epic, Cerner, NextGen, uh, Athena Health, uh, the list goes on. Most of the major EHRs we have real-time integration with. Oh, I'm sure there's a whole boatload of those out there, so it's great to see that you've created those connections because that's the critical piece. I also understood that not only could you set up these workflows, but there's the opportunity for somebody to do some of this in real time if they need to with a patient? Absolutely. So the way House Calls Pro works is that it's fully embedded into the EHR. So it's a standard part of that staff's workflow. They can access this functionality through, for example, Epic, right within how they, how they interact with Epic. 
Uh, we have a dialogue builder, for example, so the staff can create their own workflow. The staff doesn't have to call our support and ask us to initiate a recall campaign for them for annual wellness visits. They can do it themselves, of course. The staff is not comfortable doing so and they'd like to talk to our support, we're pleased to do that. But we have had customers using House Calls Pro, adding departments into the automated workflows, creating new automated workflows on their own without our support. That's how we want to serve our customers if that's how they want to use it. If they do want our help, we'll serve them that way too. Right, and when you think about it from a hospital or even a clinic uh, perspective, you have these neurology may need a different workflow for their messaging for their office visits versus a surgical case or something like that. And so that can be built within the overall platform. Absolutely, so within a hospital or health system, they'll have multiple departments that have different patient needs, that have different messages they need to communicate. They have different data capture needs. Those are all workflows we can serve at a department level. The department can create them themselves if they prefer. And if you're just joining us, I'm speaking with Vic Krishnan, the general manager of Intrado's Digital Workflows. So it's, it's great, Vic, as we talk about this, what um, are some of the, obviously at the end of the day, healthcare systems are trying to become more efficient. It's become about how we can get our revenue to exceed our expenses. Sometimes the margins are tight. Are you measuring some efficiencies out of some of these programs? Yeah, so for example, uh, one of our customers, Kettering Health Network, um, was dealing with a huge manual burden in collecting patient intake data before visits. We used House Calls Pro, an automated workflow we designed for them to solve for that. Right through the workflow, right through SMS, we could gather the information that was needed from the patient. We saved Kettering a million dollars a year in manual efforts directed at patient intake. That's one example. There are so many other examples of deburdening staff, de eliminating manual processes to, to save money. Yeah, I was, I'm thinking about one of them that I've been just toying with for years. So when the annual Medicare wellness visit got in place, it's something that Greg and I are very interested in. I was very involved in initially. I always thought the way to do that was to text the individuals in advance, set up the meeting like you do, and then you can actually begin to gather data required to do the assessment through the text messaging and feed that into your EMR and be ready when they showed up to actually produce that visit and report. That's absolutely right. So many of our customers use House Calls Pro to actually achieve two things related to annual wellness visits. One is to use our platform to automatically scan through, determine which patients are eligible for an annual wellness visit. We will reach out to that patient. We'll, we'll let them know that they are eligible. They can schedule that visit through SMS through our platform. And then if they have scheduled a visit, we can then follow up with uh, intake instructions and collect that data. There's another piece I want to add here, and it's critical. If the patient declines to schedule this annual well, their annual wellness visit, that is recorded too. The next time that patient comes in and talks to their doctor, the doctor knows that. They can discuss that with them. Also, this improves quality scores because it's very important to capture that you tried to engage the patient and that they declined. So our platform closes that loop and solves that. And that then feeds into the record that they can then pull out Absolutely. and produce the reports to, to justify to the payers or whoever else they're producing these quality statistics for what they've done. That's right. That's fantastic. Um, do you see any issues going forward where there will be other approaches or new areas where we're beginning to push this technology into to get patients to do certain things or engage in certain ways around social determinants of health or other things like that? There are, uh, well, social determinants of health, I, that actually does remind me of the concept of health equity, which is understanding uh, how to engage different populations in the country. So, uh, for example, House Calls Pro works in over 100 languages. That's very important to understand. It's also easier to engage in multiple languages if you are engaging through SMS. 
it's much more difficult for a patient to access somebody at the contact center of a hospital uh, if uh, you don't have somebody who can speak Haitian Creole, for example. So that's certainly one way we are trying to address uh, social inequity. Um, there are many others as well. Yeah, and obviously it's one thing to say I've got to use an app which requires me to have Wi-Fi connectivity, enough bandwidth, and I actually have the service that I don't overrun my service, whereas SMS texting tends to be ubiquitous throughout the population. A lot more people are using it. There have been many studies out there that, that have suggested that underserved populations, populations are the most hard to access uh, to provide care to, prefer SMS. They, 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 they may not read a physical mailer, they, they don't want to be engaged on phone, but SMS will work for them. So we will always tailor the way we automate a workflow uh, depending on how the community's preference, uh, whatever the community's preference may be. You know, I'll just say I'm a little bit stunned by the hundred languages. The, the, the most we did in an extremely broad disease management program was 65 for the state of Washington Medicaid. A hundred is just covering a huge percentage of any population we have here in the United States. So really fantastic to get that done. And we'll add, we'll add to the list <laughs> if a customer asks. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> and, and, and so actually, you could can a, can a staff member take what they do in English and actually convert that through your system or does it they need to then figure out that language itself and then convert it? The staff won't have to manually translate so our own platform will automatically translate an English workflow into any other language. I mean of course the staff may want to check what that translation looks like but uh, we haven't had issues with how our system translates. Wow and you mentioned Haitian Creole obviously that's one in South Florida uh, that's a major issue for any providers working in that area but when you get into some of these communities obviously whether it's in the Midwest where people have moved into or the Northeast or the or the West Coast where you see a very diverse population it's critical to be able to reach them and typically I remember back in the day Medicaid would say well you have to do four languages you know it's English and Spanish and maybe a couple others but being able to really meet the population where they're at is fantastic. So in terms of looking at um, providers. Who are some of the providers you've got? Can you talk about a few of your systems that are using the platform? Sure. Uh, Advantage Care Physicians of New York serves, I believe, half a million patients a year. So um, they're, a, they're a user of House Calls Pro, a long-time user. Kettering Health Network, Confluence Health. Uh, there are many others. But I think what I'd want to emphasize uh, is that there are so many, I could spend half an hour talking about them. We serve 14,000 healthcare institutions. Uh, I believe there are about 700 large health systems that use Epic EHR, for example. We serve nearly 400 of those 700, right? So we are the market share leader. There's no player out there that has the scale we do solving these problems for providers and patients. What about smaller practices? Is this something they could use or, or uh, put in for primary care or something like that? We serve them and they do use it. Uh, their needs will sometimes be not as numerous. So you think about uh, a dental clinic. Uh, they're probably going to use us mostly for automated scheduling, for appointment reminders with real-time reschedule, uh, and for live chat. We have a live chat feature I haven't talked about where a staff can be manually communicating uh, in real time. So actually human to human, not, not, not an AI to a human interaction. Um, but as you can imagine, a PCP isn't going to be uh, running a colonoscopy campaign or a, you know, a pre- or post-surgical campaign. Right? So there'll be fewer workflows. But the impact of how those workflows function and what they deliver is essential to a smaller clinic. Absolutely. And, you know, getting back to this whole concept of the acceptance of this, I don't recall the exact numbers, but I remember seeing some studies done on post-visit surveys. And if you sent them via SMS text, the response rate was super high compared to, oh, I'm going to mail them something or I'm going to email them and remind them to go to my website. 
yeah, the, the drop-off and response rates between having them solve it through SMS and giving them a link to go to a website is substantial. Mm-hmm. And these, these larger healthcare systems, they obviously have really diverse utilization or, or different departments, different things. Are there any unique features you see when you get to them that, that some of them have brought in that you think, wow, somebody else should take a look at something like that? At a high level, I think uh, what's unique about a very large health system is they, they probably have a digital care team that's, char- that's charting out right now uh, the overall digital engagement strategy that that organization wants to adopt. So without getting too specific, I would say they all have different needs, but they need providers like us, like Entrado, to essentially drive that strategy forward, support it for them. And I, th- I would say our philosophy is if a customer wants us to build a workflow, they have a unique need, we do it. I mean, we have no issue doing that. Uh, we will generally find that in talking to a provider, if they have a need, the need will exist elsewhere. And it's an ideation engine for us engaging with our large health system customers. But they're all going through that process and we are supporting and driving that process with them. And the, I would assume the majority of them build their own workflows. They take a look at it, they say, here's what we want to message through, and they do that in the platform fairly easily as I saw that process set up. Yeah, so we have off-the-shelf workflows. They'll customize it. So a patient never knows that Intrado Digital Workflows exist. So certainly it's customized where it comes from the provider, but they may have opinions on the exact wording, uh, what the follow-up care instructions should be. That's fine. They can customize all of those things, or they can, they can use substantially our off-the-shelf uh, scripts. It's whatever their preference is. And one of the issues we hear a lot about this conference and all these other IT ones is security. Could you touch a bit on that and how that's set up? So the integration piece is essential to, to how this, these types of platforms deliver this engagement. The way House Calls Pro solves this is through real-time API integration. Our philosophy is that the EHR should be the single source of truth that, in terms of hospital and patient data. Uh, many other solutions out there will use a mechanism called HL7 to extract data from an EHR. It inevitably results in some data being stored outside of the EHR, what we call a parallel EHR starting to exist. That does leave any provider that uses that approach vulnerable to uh, cyber attack. I mean, so that happens. Our philosophy is we don't want to store any data. We want to act on the data that's in the EHR, drive a workflow, we'll put data back in, but we don't store anything. So you're integrated all the way to that point. You're not pulling out, I'm going to pull out XYZ piece of information, and then I'm going to use it. House Calls Pro acts on the information that's in the EHR. We don't pull information out of it. That's fantastic. That's a great way to ensure you don't have another file that somebody's trying to hack into over time. Where do you see this going in the future? Yeah, I think um, there's going to be an expansion to, to telehealth, right? So I've, I've certainly uh, discussed how we're solving workflows through SMS, through voice, through email. And there's a lot of players offering telehealth services. but. What I have found interacting with customers here over the last couple of days is that they do believe long term that remote visits and telehealth visits and solving care in some way that doesn't necessarily involve an in-person visit is going to be part of their long-term plan. There's been an up, there's been a down, a little up again, they expect another down, long term they expect an up. I think that's a place we eventually want to get into. How do we actually support the, the actual care interaction? I've talked a lot about what happens before it, after it, and right around it, but I haven't talked a lot about how we can support it during the actual interaction. I would say that's something we think about and something that's on our roadmap long-term. Yeah, and I, I look at this whole change in primary care as we're trying to move this, this uh, primary care to a new model. And essentially, when you begin to integrate tools like you have and telehealth and some others, you can really restructure that primary care practice. As you talked about, if you 
in essence, use your parking lot as a waiting room, you require less physical space. If you can do certain services through text messaging, they may not need to come in. You can create those efficiencies that allow practices to, in essence, become virtual plus a space versus adding on, just bolting on that type of an approach. I think that's right. I think phase one is when you talk to any clinic, any uh, provider at a smaller practice, how overburdened they are with manual work and manual outreach to patients. So solving that is one that frees up their ability to care for patients, but then augmenting that with some type of virtual care, virtual waiting room. Those are things we're working on and thinking about. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, and I think back to those days with these giant call centers with 500 people in them taking the calls from around the country. There was so much of this that you can now automate through this process. Well, it's fantastic. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Before we, before we finish, is there anything else that you think of Entrato that sets you apart from the others? I think what we've done is we've, I'm going to go back to that, that framework I mentioned, platform automation integration. So if a, if a hospital decision maker, a head of digital, a CIO is thinking about a true platform approach that ultimately increases their revenue, decreases their cost, and delights their patients, they should talk to us. I would say uh, if you're a hospital decision maker, you'll, you'll regret not having that conversation with us. We are at the forefront with a leading edge platform driving this transformation and this value creation, both for providers and for patients. Yeah, as I look at this from a population health approach, this engagement tool is really the new front door that we need to be able to achieve the triple aim. It covers so many different areas from efficiencies to engagement to better health outcomes. So I really want to thank you, Vic, for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you on Pop Health Week. Back to you, Greg. And thank you, Fred. That is the last word for today's special edition broadcast of Pop Health Week, recorded live in the Healthcare Now radio studio at HIMSS 2021 in Las Vegas. For more information on Healthcare Now radio's lineup of live and on-demand podcasts, including Pop Health Week, go to www.healthcarenowradio.com. And finally, if you're enjoying our work here at Pop Health Week, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast platform of your choice and do follow us on Twitter by at Pop Health Week. Bye now. Bye.